3: Good evening and welcome to the Coco Express Show Network for Wednesday May 4th, no June 4th. I'm sorry, June 4th, 2014. This is the Wednesday that we always look forward to. It's the first Wednesday of the month, so that means it's time for relationship remedies for us with Dr. Linda Owens, Wiley and Hank Stewart. <laughs>
0: It's about me. It's about you. It's about us. It's about relationship running. With Dr. Linda Owens-Wiley and Hank Smith, join us.
3: Peace and blessings. This is Dr. Linda Wiley. Welcome to Relationship Remedies for Us, the place to discuss hot topics related to the health of your relationships. So bring us your questions, your concerns, your comments, all of that. But most of all, bring an open mind. And as always, I'm joined by a man who is an author, a poet, my friend, and my co-host. A man who brings a little extra flavor to the conversation, his name is Mr. Hank Stewart. And in just a little bit, Hank will be joining us and joining into the conversation. But first, I want to talk to you about what tonight's show is going to be all about. Tonight, we're talking about closing the door on your past. You know, we all get into relationships, and they're not always romantic relationships. It can be a work relationship. It can be a platonic friendship relationship. Regardless of the type of relationship, we all have them. And we spend a lot of time thinking about how to start one, how to develop one, and very little time thinking about how you put an end to one in a good, healthy way. So let me leave you with some words at this point that – to should be familiar to many, hopefully to most. Here we go. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. Hopefully you recognize that. It comes from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. And so if we learn nothing else about life, we do learn that there are seasons in life. There are seasons. There are beginnings and there are endings. And what we're going to talk about tonight has to do with the season of your life. So help me welcome my friend and co-host, Mr. Hank Stewart. Hank, what's up?
4: What's going on, Doc? How you doing,
3: I am great, my friend. What kind of day are you having? Are, are you having one of those days where a season is beginning, or you feel like a season is ending?
4: Uh, it's always ending and beginning. It's always okay. something ending. It's always something else beginning. So it's it's uh, but ecclesiastic uh, is always happening in my life. Seems like it. T- and the one that I kind of focused in on when you were reading uh, ecclesiastic is the time to love and the time to hate. Do so I do have an opportunity. I can hate some people. Is that what
3: you're saying? Mm-mm. It's not about hating people, but there are things in life <laughs> oh. that we should hate. You know, we need we need to hate sin. We need to hate the enemy. We need to hate some of the, the negativity that exists in the world, whether it comes in the form of some of those isms that are all over the place. But if we're truly going to obey the word, we know that hating people is not part of the program. So now I, I'm not giving you it? permission. I, I know there's some folks you probably wish you could, but now we're not talking about hating folks.
4: okay. Okay. I'm, Thanks for cleaning that up. I just want to make, yeah. make sure. I was on the same page. But but but, yeah, but you I, know when, I'm, I'm when relationships
3: great. end, you know when relationships end, that is a temptation though. Many times when you close mm-hmm. the door on the past, you want to you mm-hmm. want to hate some folks. That's mm-hmm. that's not the direction we're going to go in tonight.
4: Okay. Okay. Ooh. Thank you. All right. So I'm back on track now.
3: All right. But, cool. Uh,
4: but well, so how was your day today? Did you have a great thing?
3: I really did. I decided that I was purposefully going to make it a good day. And once I set my mind on that, it actually turned out to be a great day. So, And then, okay. of course, I had tonight to look forward to. You know, it's always a pleasure to have a little dialogue with you, bring in Aurelia from time to time, and, and hopefully plant some seeds into people's lives. So now is the time, and uh, this this is the beginning of a new season. <laughs> this is the season for us to um walk down that path of what is it that we can impart upon people in order to help them make their lives better after they close the door on their past. So tell me this. Would you agree, Hank, that for the most part we get some instruction on how to seek out relationships, but we really don't get any instruction on how to put an end to them? Um, I, I don't know if that's true for you, but it's true for me. What do you think?
4: No, I, I, That's exactly right because that's why the endings are so bad because we don't know how to step out of I think I think if there I mean, I don't think there's a roadmap um uh, to to really begin and, and, and actually maintain it. I think we there's a lot of books but I think you you take out the individuality of people and it makes it very difficult. Um you know, it's kinda of, life is kind of different. You remember know, when we were growing up and when we were getting ready to go to school and our mom would go out and pick out our school clothes and uh and and there was this new thing called Geronimo's, the Geronimo outfits. Yeah. You know, the, yeah.
3: The goranimals. You know, yeah, the, the goranimals. Ger- yeah, well, now about, will you When you when you match them up? Well, go ahead, finish, finish, finish. I'm sorry. You know I do that sometimes. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Hank.
4: You're absolutely right. When well, you match the giraffe top, match it to the giraffe bottom. Or the yeah. elephant top matches up, and, and and I wish life was that simple when we we're picking out a mate. I wish we could go with the gorillas kind of uh, process where you know who you're picking by because if you're an, if you're in a giraffe and I'm an, uh, a lion and we match up, we know we didn't match.
2: <laughs> we know we
4: didn't. Match. We know we we know we didn't match. And and you're absolutely right. And and I think the reason why the process to dissolve is so much more difficult because. It really does uh there's no process. There's no um there's no rules. Okay, we're gonna retreat for thirty days and then we're gonna start the process. There's no there's no there's no rules.
3: Yeah. So you're absolutely yeah. correct. And we kinda of picked up ma- uh messages about that subliminally, you know, it's like mm-hmm. um from whatever you see on television or in the movies or what you hear people say or whatever feels the most comfortable to you. So, you know, sometimes we think, okay, well, if I just stop calling and returning calls, they'll get the message. Or if I let them see me out having a good time with somebody else, they'll get the message. Or if I say, well, you know, I'm going to be really busy and I'm not going to have time for this, and, but, but I'll get back with you. You know, but we look for ways to kind of flip and slide out and we don't really go through the process of ending it in a good, structured, healthy way. And so that's why tonight we're going to talk about closure for one thing. We're going to talk about saying goodbye when someone dies, and as part of that we're going to um, pay tribute to the late, great Maya Angelou. And then the last thing we're going to do is leave folks with some tips for closing the door on your past. So let me get us started by talking about closure a little bit, when relationships, whether they're romantic or platonic, when they fall apart, we're not trying to navigate the pain. You know, we're trying to keep life moving forward, but we're trying to deal with the pain. And many times what happens is we just sort of sweep it under the rug, pretend that it's not there or that this bad thing didn't happen and just keep it moving. But before you can focus on the next chapter, you still need to dwell a little bit on the what, the why's, and the how's of everything that took place. So what just happened? You know, And it really depends on whether or not you chose to end it, the other person chose to end it, or if it was sort of mutual. So you want to talk about what happened and why did it happen. It's always important to do a little bit of self-reflection because even when it feels like something that was out of your control, you can think about what could I have done to be a little bit more in control or what do I want to do in my next chapter to make sure I don't get blindsided again. And then, of course, the how with respect to Did I do it taking the person's feelings into consideration? You know, did they let me down easy or whatever the case might be? So all of that is the process of obtaining closure. And closure is a way of letting go of something that once was. It's a way to uh, come to terms with what was lost and a way to find your inner strength and resiliency to keep it moving. So finding closure implies that there is some complete acceptance of what has happened and honoring the transition away from what what is finished to what lies ahead. And we know that healing comes faster and easier when you've had a chance to say goodbye. So it doesn't always mean that you have to have some long, drawn-out conversation with the individual. It doesn't mean that you've got to go through a checklist of everything that worked well and didn't work well. But, But end the relationship on purpose. Be intentional about letting go and letting them go, so that you know this this is the end. Sorry it didn't work. If there are things that you need to say or share, do that. But you should always try to leave everything in a positive way. You know, I remember Growing up, sometimes the messages that my mom would give was that you always leave something better than the way you found it. So if you go to someone's home, if you borrow something of theirs, I mean, whatever the case might be, you always want to leave it better than you found it. And the same thing applies to relationships. Try to leave that person, no matter how they treated you, try to leave them better than the way that you found them. So when you're closing that door, that's not an opportunity to tear them down, break them apart, tell them everything that they did wrong. It's okay to give some constructive feedback, you know, tell them things that they might want to do um, differently in the future, things they might want to think about in the future, but kind of build them up when you're leaving them because it's hard to say goodbye and it's hard to be the one that someone else is letting go of and we don't want to destroy people. We want to make sure that there's healing that takes place. And if you find that it's a situation where things have gotten so heated and so ugly that you can't have a civil conversation with them, then you can write a letter but don't mail it. You can record something on your, your voicemail, and your iPad, I mean, whatever you want to do so that you get the frustration out and you say the message you need to say even if that person never hears it
4: well i, I think uh, I think you gave some great tips um on what to do, what to do next, or when it's ended. You know it's always very difficult, I think, because especially if you're the person that the person is leaving yeah you know i think it's it, it, I think it's easier because if if I'm leaving you, doc, I've already left you even before I leave
3: exactly
2: it's already over It's
4: already over my head, and if you didn't know I was leaving. You don't have an opportunity or uh, time to respond to me leaving. That's you know, very true. You know, I have I have to deal with the loss, not not dealing with the leaving. You know, if we were all in the same place, it's a totally different it's a totally different situation. But you know, when those those four who who are somewhat caught on God, I don't think anybody's totally caught on God because I think you there's always some signs, don't you, you think? No, oh, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's something, but you might not have known the severity of, of, of the problem. You know, uh, but it's really, really tough for the person who's being left because they don't have anything that they can you know, like it's, it's like I always tell you, the wrong man can't do nothing right and the right man can't do nothing wrong. When I'm yeah. the wrong man for you, it ain't nothing I can do to fix it. And when That's you're right. the wrong person and that person is getting ready to leave, <laughs> they gone, you know, it's no matter done. what you do. It, it's, it's It's over. You know, uh, no matter what you do to try, I mean, you can buy them a ring and a car and a house and take them on trips and all that, but when they're done, they're done. Um, exactly. And so I think, I think that's the part that uh, if we can help people to come to some sort of closure because somebody might not give you closure. So what happens with your life for the rest of your life if someone, if Linda, Dr., you know, Dr. Wiley then not give me closure?
3: Yeah, and that's why I say sometimes you just have to take it for yourself. Sometimes what you need to do is if, if you leave me, and you just leave, and you don't give me the benefit of any kind of conversation, explanation, nothing, that I still have to get in touch with how that makes me feel. And so it may not be in my best interest to reach out to you, and chances are you would not answer or respond anyway. So that's where I can just write out the letter. I can, um, you know, if you're more creative, you can write a song, write a piece of, of, of poetry, um, you know, record something on your voicemail, do whatever it takes so that you get out of view what you need to get out of you, even if the other person doesn't hear it, and that's how you bring closure for yourself. And this doesn't only apply to relationships. That's where we're going to spend the bulk of our time talking about um, romantic relationships. But closure is necessary, say, for instance, with the loss of a job. You know, you have to remember when you're handling job loss that the job does not define you. It doesn't make you who you are. And so just because you may no longer be acting in that particular capacity, that doesn't necessarily diminish you or take anything away from you. And if you're going to be leaving a job, if you know that you've got, you know, maybe you've given notice, you've given your two-week notice, or maybe you know that there's a reduction in force coming and within 60 days you're going to be out of the job, whatever the case might be, Talk to your boss. See if you can save some of your work. You know, maybe you did some great presentations that don't contain any proprietary information or, you know, any of the financials of the company, and maybe they'll let you take some of the presentations or the speeches or whatever you've created, as long as it's not their intellectual property, maybe they'll let you take it, and that can do a couple of things for you. It can help to encourage you and remind you of the great work that you're capable of while you're looking for another job. It can serve as being part of your portfolio while you're out looking for a job. You can use it as sample pieces to help you get one. Or when you get a new job, if it's in the same field, you can save yourself some time and effort by not reinventing the wheel from from the very beginning. So try to save your work. You know, if you're dealing with losing a job, expand your network. Now, one of the things that I've always said about you, Hank, is you are a great networker. I don't know if you have any secrets or tips that you can share with people, but not only do you know a lot of people, but you connect people really well. And one of the great things that I've noticed about you when you network, two things that I'll share. One is you always go into a relationship looking for what you can do for that person as opposed to what that person can do for you. And many times I think when individuals think about networking, they go to a networking event, thinking how many cards can I collect how many co- uh, contacts can I make that might be able to help me instead of going in saying how many uh, cards can I collect how many contacts that I can uh, how many contacts can I make where I might be able to pour something into that person's life because of course when we give it comes back to us uh, in multiple so that's one thing that I know you do very well. The other thing is you do things on the moment so if you and I are talking and I share with you that I need a great book editor. If you know a book editor, you won't say to me, "Oh, well, I know this editor. Remind me and and when I get a chance, I'll I'll email you or I'll text you the number." What you do is right there on the spot, you say, "I know a great book editor. Hold on for a minute. Let me see if I can get them on the phone, put the two of you together." So those are two things that are big I think with networking. What what other things would you share with people as they're trying to expand their network?
4: Well, let, let me tell you why I do the last one first. The last one for me is not to make me a liar.
2: If I say <laughs> you to forget.
4: you, I won't forget. If I say yeah. to you, Doctor, you know, Doctor Wiley, I'm going to get you. I, I got a friend who's a, and you, and I know that's important to you. If I do that right there, I pull it right off my plate, and I don't. And I'm not the liar. Mm. I'm not the person who's always who always knows somebody who can do something, but never connect the dots. You with me? The other part of that is is um it helps because now both parties involved know that I endorse both of these relationships. Mm. You with me? Yeah. So the person I'm calling, um, uh, and, if, and if it's business for them, you know they're gonna treat you right because I've called you and they don't want to lose my referrals, and they're yep. gonna treat you right. And hopefully yep. you would do the same with that. You know, you don't want me not to refer anybody. So that, that there, there are several reasons. And then, I, you know, the, the first thing that you said, I, you know, I'm, I'm a great network. I, don't, I didn't necessarily think about that, and I hear that all the time. But for me, I like putting good people together. You know, um, we constantly hear about negatives, the, negative, uh, the negative business ventures that have taken place or, you know, or, uh, black-owned businesses that don't treat you. I, I don't have that problem. Um, because I deal with the same people, I keep the dollars in our community, and I deal with the same people all the time. And I and I try to expand that within my community. So yes. for me, the, that what we're doing is just really trying to make sure that you put good people with good people. Yeah. You know? And you
3: know, you hold you hold people accountable. I remember that you you remember a long time ago, I needed a printing company. You put me in touch with some folks. And I had an issue with them, and I shared it with you, not because I was trying to put them down, but I wanted you to know, if you're out referring this company, let me tell you about my experience, because you might not want to put your neck on the line for them if this was my experience. And you called them on my behalf and said, you know, hey, I put you in touch with a friend of mine. This was the experience. Help me understand what happened. Help me understand what you're going to do to make it right for her. They did correct it. And, and everything was good from that point moving on, but that was something that you did that is real important with networking, too. If you're going to make a referral, don't just throw it out there and walk away, but hold people accountable. Otherwise, you don't necessarily want to keep referring folks to that particular company.
4: And I know and I know we're going to do a tribute to Dr. Um, Maya Angelou, but mm-hmm. one, of her, one of her poems that I love is a poem called Alone, and it says, Nobody But Nobody Can Make It Out of Here Alone. Alone, all alone. Nobody, but nobody, can make it out here alone. You ask me what I know, and I tell you what I see. Nobody, but nobody, can make it out here alone. Uh, and I'm not, you know, I'm just pulling that in right now. But my point is mm-hmm. saying that, you know, we 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 gonna, we need each other. <laughs> we yeah. all need each other. We yeah. cannot we cannot do this thing by ourselves. And so. Um, you know, and I and I like I like referring and and networking with no hidden agenda, no ulterior motive. You know, some folks, you know, there's a there's a check coming to me when I refer you to somebody. There's a referral check. No, it's not about a check coming to it. It's putting good people and strengthening our community by doing that. So I know we don't want to stay too long on that, but the networking mm-hmm. part is very important. And and a lot of other nationalities seem to get it. The Jewish yeah. the Jewish community can write a book on it. Yes. You know, and I'm sure they have written several books on it. Uh, Mm -hmm. But for us, you know, it's in pockets. You know, we have pockets of of networking and pockets of support. And I try to make sure that I look at all of my dollars. The majority of the, I went and ate at a a soul food restaurant today. The The majority of my dollars I look at and where does it go? Does it go back to our community? You know, where do I, where am I spending my money? Right. You know, Who's getting it? You know, what am I getting? And if you've ever been to any of the events that – you know, that I put on or the Stewart Foundation put on, if it's all quality. So it doesn't mean we're losing quality by, right. by dealing with black-owned businesses. So we can do it, you know, but we've we got to do, do that. do it. That's
3: exactly right. And we've got to expand the network. So, again, if, if the loss that you're dealing with, the door that you're trying to close has to do with the loss of a job, the loss of income, yeah, that's a serious situation. We get that. But, again, if you can reflect on what could have been done differently, where did things go wrong, recognize that it does not define who you are and call on your network, your network for support, for emotional help, for job leads, for whatever it takes, you can get through that that job loss. And then another type of loss we want to talk about, closing the door on your past, is handling the loss of life. And many times, in some instances, people feel like this is the most difficult one, and it could be because it depends on who that individual happens to be. But if you know that that person knows Christ, then you know where they've gone and that they're in a much better place. And so sometimes instead of focusing on the fact that they've left you and they're no longer here, focus on the celebration of what they brought to us. And I think it's a good time in this part, of our conversation to talk about Maya Angelou because she was more than a poet. She was, you know, in her own phrase, a phenomenal woman. And I think she's best remembered for her literary skills. But, you know, as a fellow writer, would you just take a moment and uh, share your thoughts and tribute to her, to her memory, please?
4: Well, let me, let me back up and say this, too. The reason, I think one of the reasons why the loss of a loved one is so difficult because other losses you can, you can regain let me let me say that differently. You could lose a a mate and you can get another mate, or that mate might come back. y'all might you know might rekindle. I've seen people uh lose jobs and then the job called them back. I've seen athletes get get cut from a team and then they call the team back. The team called them back you know so that loss wasn't it was a it could've been you know it wasn't permanent you know yeah. um and there was still a possibility of it was still a possibility that there was that you could be it could it could happen again, but the loss of death is is final
3: that's true now let me flip that and give you a different perspective. Okay. One of the reasons why sometimes um, the loss of a relationship sometimes hurts more than the loss of life is because when, when God calls you home, he calls you home. And people know there's nothing that I can do about that. It's nothing that I did wrong. It's nothing. But when someone walks away from you, in many instances, people feel such a great sense of rejection or abandonment that people spiral into depression and all kinds of physical ailments even because they can't figure out why that person didn't love me. Where was I not enough? So you, in some instances, people can understand the finality of it, and they don't get hurt every day by not walking in that door because I know that that's not a possibility, but many times when someone leaves a relationship, divorces a spouse, that kind of thing, you always have that, that hope and that desire that maybe maybe tomorrow will be the day that, that they will come back to me, so I don't, and, and I know we're not doing this, but I don't want people as they listen to think that we're trying to say one is worse than the other, any loss can be detrimental, but people experience losses differently, and so if you know someone who's struggling with the loss of life, you know, of a loved one, maybe if that wouldn't be as big of a thing to you as loss of relationship, maybe this conversation will help you understand why they're handling it the way they are, and then the converse of that is true as well. Maybe if there's somebody who lost a relationship, you can't understand why they're taking it so hard when it wasn't loss of life but you have to understand some of the factors that play in. And so if you have any comments, if you have questions, you want to get in on this conversation, maybe you want to ask a question of us, maybe you have a situation that you'd like people to know about or a situation you'd like to get another opinion on, please feel free to join us in the conversation. You just join us by calling area code 347-637-2319. Again, the number to call is 347 637 also, if you know how to reach us via uh, text or email, Hank and I kind of keep that up as we're on the phone. So um, give us a, a, you know, a shout-out either on via text or email, and, and we'll be able to respond. And if you want to email the show, maybe you don't know how to get to us directly, you can email Coco Express Show, all together, C-O-C-O-A-E-X-P-R-E-S-S, S H O W Coco Express Show at Gmail dot com. So I've given you all kinds of ways to get involved in the conversation. You have no excuse. Contact us and let us know what you're thinking. So Hank, my friend, on to Dr. Angelo, please.
2: Yeah, you know, Dr. Angelo
4: was, uh, you know, I, I I remember last Wednesday when I heard that uh, that she had passed, and uh, and I was in a, a business meeting. Uh, kinda of casual business I mean, and it just immediately um, it messed me up Doc, Uh because it it was like Dr. Angela was uh, for me she was so much more she was almost like an aunt. You know. Mm. Didn't have didn't have a relationship with her, but she felt like an aunt.
0: Yeah. Um
4: she was she was the uh, she was the uh she was the, the example of poetry. You know, she was the uh, the standard of, of poetry. She set the standard in our community. You have heard more people quote her than I think any other particularly in our community more than any other poet I've ever heard. When people yeah. show you as oh, I believe her. When you learn I mean when you get give, when you learn teach. I mean she has so many you know, quotes. I'm you know, I'm literally people who tell me they love me, um, and they'll show it and then she says uh, she says someone who tells me they love me and uh, and don't love themselves is like a person who was offering you a shirt, but they're nude. <laughs> you know, so she has so many great quotes and, and poems, phenomenal woman and still I rise. I know why the cage bird sings along and less I and mean, she had so much work. But what really moved me beyond her work and I think I, I've probably uh, taken some of this on myself. I know from her I she was an activist. Mm-hmm. She was very involved. She was very involved in the community. Um she spoke at my college.
3: She, she spoke at my college commencement, and I will never forget that. So wow. I had the opportunity to hear her live, and that was just that was a, an incredible experience. I never got to meet her or know her, but just um, hearing her. And then as we were leaving, I had an opportunity. We, we passed one another and had an opportunity to just kind of nod and smile and say hello.
4: Just just her mm-hmm. presence was phenomenal. Well, I, I met her. I didn't know her, but I met her on a couple of occasions. But she was just incredible. But let me just tell you who her friends were. She was friends with Dr. Martin Luther King. She was friends with Malcolm X. She was friends with Muhammad Ali, <laughs> Ambassador Andrew Young, and, and Joseph Lowry and, and Evelyn Lowry. I mean, she, her friendship, um, I remember when Nelson Mandela passed a few months ago, and uh, and they were showing an autobiography of Nelson Mandela, and he was always asking, if you're in America, do you know my friend Maya? I mean, these were her friends. You know, she was engaged in the community, uh, civil rights uh, community. She was a part of the National Council of Negro Women. She was a part of the S C O C Women. You know, she was just really, really engaged. And uh, and so me as a poet, I started getting involved in things because I I recognized Langston Hughes, Paul by James William Johnson, W.P. DeBoer, all of them. Um, Nicki Giovanni's on your own chairs. All of them. If you're worth your weight and salt, you engage in the community. And she taught us that you got to be, you got to stand for something. So mm. it, it it really, um, it really. I mean, I understand she's 86 years old. I understand she's going to a better place. So I, it's a bittersweet. But that lady was incredible to me. To me, last year I saw her, uh, and she spoke at the Ron Clark Academy. Uh, if you know anything about Ron Clark Academy, that's a school that was started by a teacher in New York, and he moved to down here mm-hmm. in Atlanta. And uh, he was on Oprah, and that's where he got his fame. And Oprah was the very first uh, uh, commencement speaker. But now this is not a high school. This is a middle school. So Oprah was a middle school graduation speaker. And Maya Angelou, Dr. Maya Angelou was the speaker last year. <laughs> These kids have had, have had the exposure of some wow. incredible speakers. And, and Dr. Angelou was just, I mean, she gave them her best. She gave those, and they split there, and they absorbed every it. So she loved children. Um, you know, she she had a compassion for people. She was born on, um, on April the 4th in uh, 1928, and um, and one year, in 1960, April the 4th, Dr. King was assassinated on her birthday, and she stopped celebrating her birthday. So she started to uh, send Coretta Scott King every a year, a dozen of roses, and they would do a universal prayer on, on that day because she stopped celebrating her birthday uh, from the death of her friend. There's so much to her. Three yeah. three uh, um three Grammys and thirty five books and movies and credits and you know, acting and I mean she, she you know, and it's like when did, and, and, and you know and let me just say this and then we need to move on, we can move on. But one of the things that was not one, some of the things that were so powerful about it, she could connect with everybody. She had been mm. molested. She was a pro she had she was she was uh you know, a prostitute at one point. I mean, if you go back and look at it, so she could connect. It, it wasn't anybody that she could not connect with.
2: Yeah. You know what I'm
4: saying? You know anybody? You know she didn't come from a small spoon. You know, uh, lived in, lived in three countries, uh, including America, Ghana, and Africa, South Africa. So she was just she was she spoke I think six languages. Um, so the lady was just the she was just the standard. She was the epitome of class. So we salute Dr. Maya You Her funeral is this Saturday at, um, at Wake Forest University. Um, it's a closed um, ceremony. It's going to be streamed, I think, live. Uh, but um, she's, uh, it's at 11 o'clock on Saturday. They're doing tributes to her in San Francisco and New York. Hopefully someone will pull together a tribute for her here in Atlanta. Um, but uh, so that's just a little bit about it. And I'm just hopefully we were able to educate some of the, the listeners or who got the buy and that's just a small part. You can't wrap her up in a three-minute or five-minute segment. Exactly. Can do so much more, you know.
3: So, so that was so educational and inspirational. Thank you so much.
2: Thanks.
1: Goodbye for now. We'll have our second time around. But before we go,
4: there's something
1: I like to say. Everything's not what it seems. There's a stronger force behind the scenes. He's in our lives every day. He's right there when we call In him is where I think lies I lift my eyes beyond the sky Out loud, I sing it all day. This song is my prayer I give to only You. It can't compare to the gift from You. He gave us His love. He gave us His Son.
2: Oh yeah.
1: There's some who don't believe Sometimes it's very hard to see Oh, we live this old life Every day Things don't go
3: You're just joining us on Relationship Remedies for Us. I'm Dr. Linda Wiley, and I'm joined by Mr. Hank Stewart. And together we're having a conversation around closing the door on your path. So if you want to be a part of our conversation, please give us a call. The number is 347-637-2319. Again, 347 347- You don't have to give us your real name You don't have to tell us where you're located We just want to hear what kind of thoughts are running through your head um, With respect to closing the door on your past So we talked a little bit about um, the loss of a job we talked about the loss of a loved one And Hank gave us some information and inspiration Around the late, great Dr. Maya Angelou And now I think it's time to talk a little bit about the loss of a romantic-type relationship because oh, what Lord, we wanted for people gonna... to get. Well, you know it's coming. We we I want people. That's gonna... the one that causes the most stress, the most strife. That's the one that gets people I was acting to out of waste character time. and doing all kinds time. of things.
4: I was trying to <laughs> waste time and try to move it along over so <laughs> the would be over before
3: See? we get start no, getting No,
2: no, no.
4: <laughs>
3: We're going to overtime if we have to to talk about that. So we we really need to get there. And I want to go back to something that you said earlier. You talked about the fact that the relationship ends before it ends, and that's so true. You know when – something is not working you know within yourself if it doesn't feel right but you know hey for so long people would just try to hold on and try to turn something into something that it's not you know earlier you talked about uh the children's clothing or animals where you you match the giraffe top to the giraffe bottoms and, and those kinds of things and and people mismatch in relationship and think that somehow magically is going to change or become something else. Now I'm not saying that people can't change. I mean, I, I'm in the I'm in the people changing business. So I can't I'm not going to say that people don't change or can't change, but I will say that people have to want to change and they have to have the capacity to change into whatever it is that you want them to change into. So, I mean, I don't know. What what do you think it is? Why is it that we hold on for so long there was a song like that, holding on. Well, who is that? Holding on. Um, it's so very hard to do. That's all I can remember. When love is gone, remember that. Who is that? Mm-hmm. Holding on when love is gone. That's what people tend to do. So, from your perspective, why is it so difficult for us to let go when we know that something's over?
2: Well, I think some
4: of it, part of it is biblical, though. I mean, don't get me if I'm wrong. I mean, we I mean, we know that um, that there's going to be bumpy roads in a in a relationship. You know what I mean, and if we all acted every time there was bumpy roads, then I mean, does marriage stand any snowball chance in hell of, of surviving? You know, mm-hmm. so I think sometimes, um, you know, because there, there, you know, there were um, there were times I think where people leave and they and they recognize later on, if they would have given a little bit a little bit more, it would have worked. You know, both of them. Or there yeah. are times people who have stayed longer than they should have. I mean, the outcome was was inevitable. It was going to end. You know, they held no longer. But, I mean, I think the thing that runs that interference in our head is, did I leave too soon or did I stay too long? You with me? Did I I, I leave too soon?
3: Yeah, I agree with you because on, on some of that. And Now, I think if you're talking about a dating relationship, and you see all kinds of red flags and firecrackers and and cannons being fired off. You need to know. Okay, I, I need to just leave this alone. If you're talking about a marital situation, then that's yeah, you, I was talking about you marriage. A, yeah, I was, yeah, you, yeah, I was you talking made, about marriage. Okay, yeah. When when you talk about marriage, you made a commitment, you made a covenant, you brought God into that covenant because if you're a believer, anytime that that uh, you marry. It's a covenant relationship that has got at the center of it, whether you realize that or not. And so when you're doing something like that, you're right. You want to stay and hold on and try to make it work, not be selfish about it. Um, you just want to, you know, do all that you can from a biblical perspective to make sure that it lasts. But even in a situation like that, we always know when it's time to do something a little bit different because something's just not working, something's just not right. So we're going to let uh, Eric Brene um, educate us a little bit with respect to um, that feeling that you get on the inside that the relationship is over even before either one of you have ever voiced it. And so let's listen to Eric Brene, Something's Wrong.
0: Beautiful life,
1: I've been living so far, everything has been going my way. I'm driving top down the coast in one of my cars on another lovely day. My money's been cold, yeah, stacking up nice. Ain't no reason to complain. But I don't feel like I sound. I keep coming down and I feel it's getting strong. But something wrong with me. Oh, something is wrong. Begging on the street Don't mess up my vibe And show another sick child Ain't had enough to eat See I should feel fine Cause I'm the fortunate kind Struggle ain't affecting me But even when I find Something inside said a smile Don't belong Cause I'm wrong
3: So, Hank, in the time that we have left, I think we ought to give people some tips on how to find closure. I want to walk them through a few things that they can do. If you find yourself in a relationship, you know something's wrong, maybe the relationship has already ended, and you need to find a way to move on because, remember, we said earlier that closure is a way of letting go of something that once was, you know. It's complete acceptance of what has happened and then honoring the transition away from what's finished to what lies ahead. And really you ought to look at it like that. Don't look behind because you're going to end up bumping into something. Look ahead, what you're headed to, create it, be purposeful about making it a good future, a good next step. And closure can teach you why your relationship didn't work out. And once you know why it didn't work out, you can avoid making those same mistakes. In future relationships closure can help you heal by setting your mind at ease about how the relationship unfolded and it really can make you stronger by preparing you for future relationships So one thing that you want to do tips on how to bring closure how to close the door to your past. one thing is to take full responsibility for yourself you can't be responsible for the other person you can't be responsible for what they did or didn't do how they acted or reacted. All you can do is take full responsibility for you. And you wanna what are you holding on to and why? You know, lots of times we don't have closure because we won't let go. And we don't let go because maybe we don't want the the perceived stigma of being alone or being divorced or, you know, maybe we don't want to let go because we think that something is going to change in terms of our finances or our lifestyle. So you really need to ask, what are you holding on to and why? And then you need to ask yourself, does holding on make you happy? You know, would you be happier if you were free? You know, a a closed fist can't receive anything. So so while you're trying to hold on to what's in the palm of your hand, what could you be grabbing a hold to if you would just let go? You need to ask yourself, are you holding on as a way of avoiding pain? You know, I'm holding on because I know that once I let go and I fully accept this new change in my life and, and I'm... Uh, coming to grips with my new status, whatever that might be, the pain that might come along with that is more than I want to bear. So I'm going to stay right where I am and keep holding on, even though I know something's wrong. And then you might yeah, want can to I, ask yourself, can I,
2: can I, can
4: I what do you think will happen right?
3: if you oh, – I'm sorry, go ahead.
4: Can I interject something, Doc, real quick? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I think uh, I think the other thing is, too, is finding something to replace what you've lost. I think if you – if, if a person, if the relationship is over, because more than likely some people are holding on to, you know, that void of them not being there. But if you, if you wanted to go back to college and get your undergrad, masters, or PhD, this is a good time mm-hmm. to do that. You
2: exactly. know, um, if,
4: you, if you had some home improvement projects that you wanted to, something to take your mind off of why you stayed, or you know, and and I just want to throw that in because sometimes, I mean, you got folks who really would leave, they just mm-hmm. need to have something to replace that void.
3: And I think it's important. I hope people understand that what you said is something, not someone, because the mistake that people make is they will go from person to person believing that if they could replace the void with another person, that they'll be okay. But what you said is so critical. You want to go to something. Like you said, go back to school, take up a new hobby, go volunteer, something, and and that's really important. And, And along with that, you need to grieve the loss. I mean, that's an, allow yourself. That's another tip. Allow yourself to grieve. It's a loss. And even if you feel like, well, you know, I'm not saddened by it. It was time. You know, old boy served his purpose. He's no longer here. I don't need him anymore. It wasn't working. Let me just move on and get something new. Understand that every time we join ourselves with someone, there's a little bit of you that that person takes when they leave. And you need to understand that and grieve the loss. loss uh, realize that. Something that once was no longer is, and there's a loss. And in doing this, you need to remember the good times and the bad times. I think many times when there's a breakup, when people are – happy about it is because they're concentrating on the bad times. When they're sad about it, they're concentrating on the good times. There's a mix to all relationships. Hopefully there's more good than bad, but there's always a mix. And so sometimes it helps to have um, conversation with them, even if it's just in your head. Sometimes it's helpful to have conversation with other people. But give yourself time to grieve the loss. I know a couple of weeks ago I put a post up on Facebook and I asked people, I said, if you could ask your ex one question what would it be and some of the things i'll just read a few of them that came back but one um was why wasn't our relationship enough for you and so again there's somebody that was you could tell there's this sense of rejection abandonment loss that's okay acknowledge it but keep it moving somebody asked and I thought this one was kind of cute. where well, you are always that stupid? You know, that that was <laughs> one of the questions there. <laughs> and, and the answer probably is yeah. You just didn't see it in the beginning or
2: you mm-hmm. thought it
3: was cute or there was something else that was distracting you. But yeah, if he's stupid now, and he was probably stupid too. And mm-hmm. I say he because I know it was a woman. I know he oh, posted that. Oh, I know. Oh, okay, so okay. I'm saying I know he oh, put okay. it up there. It was a woman. Now, but these are my well, she, might
4: not, on she might not. She might. She might. might not have been talking about her situation. She might have just been the question. She might have been just asking questions. No. The question
3: was, if you could ask your ex. Your, ex. your ex, we almost
4: made it. I didn't. We didn't. We didn't. We, we didn't debate. We, we did real we well. We almost made it. We ten, we 10 minutes out. <laughs> and we you almost
3: made it. <laughs> let, let me give you. I'm gonna give you two more. One was, okay. how is it that we were always so good to each other? yet not good for each other. That's profound when you really think about Mm -hmm. it because lots of times people are good to each other, but it's just not a match. There you go again. Mm -hmm. You've got that, that giraffe shirt with those lion pants, and it's just not working. And I think sometimes you know we're not good for each other, but you keep thinking that if I keep doing good things to you that maybe somehow I'll change you and you will all of a sudden become good for me.
4: I just wish we all had the geronimo, uh labels on us so we would know what we are. Because you know, I want to know if you, if you're going after the lion and you're the lion, you know, you know. We,
3: we, we're <laughs> gonna we're gonna do something with that. No, we're gonna do something with that. Hank. Hey, I don't know what that is yet, but we're gonna come up with our own version of Goranimals for uh for relationship. relationships, and we're gonna we're gonna mm-hmm. match people up on that. So you like, so y'all stay tuned. You like, tune.
2: that. <laughs> you like, you like then, that one?
3: I like that. We're going to work with that, seriously. The last one, though, is why did you try and destroy my heart after you already broke it by leaving? So these are examples of people who need closure. They have questions. They need answers to, and even though they may not be able to get the answers from the individual or communicate with the individual, they need to be clear, write out all their feelings, be very clear on what they're feeling and what their next steps are going to be because you can't walk around with that baggage. What will happen is you will take that baggage as expectation into the next relationship. Another thing you want to do while you're grieving the loss is to say goodbye to his or her things. Sometimes we accumulate things, and that doesn't mean you have to throw out everything that they gave you. I'm not saying that. But depending on who it was, the nature of the loss, why you broke up, all of those kinds of things, you just might want to consider giving some of their clothing to goodwill or if there are, you know, uh, pictures or mementos that might be saddening to you, maybe the same You just have to know when it's over. You know when she's G- gone, she's it, gone, and I'm gonna let that rain. lead us into, G- you, you know, we'll get that diamond ring back. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead before we play. Will, G- go ahead.
4: Give that, give that diamond ring back. Nice say all that. Nice <laughs> say all <laughs> that.
3: You know, don't confuse grief with stupidity. Come on now, let's let's stay clear. See, there you go that, again. We were almost. So it's almost over. I'm not advocating stupidity. He wanted me to have that diamond ring, Hank. I'm not letting it go. Uh, uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. not letting it go. All right, so um, as I was saying, Will Downing has a new CD called Euphoria, and on his CD there's a song that we're going to play for you. It's called She's Gone. So let's listen to Will Downing, She's Gone.
0: High on consolation Everybody's trying to tell me what is right for me yeah. My daddy tried to bore me with a sermon But it's plain to see They can't comfort me Sorry Charlie for the imposition I think I got, I got, I got the strength to carry on, yeah, I need a drink and a quick decision, now it's a
3: really Mm -hmm. hot so let me give you just a few more tips just two or three more on how you bring closure to your relationship how you close the door in your past before we close the door on our show and let Smokey north will take us home with his song greater love a couple more things one is change your environment so if the two of you share an apartment together and the other individual moved out you might want to consider um Getting a new place when the lease is up so that you're not constantly in that space and reminded about their presence. If there were certain hangout spots you used to go to together, you might need to change some of those too. So change your environment. Make a plan for the immediate future. You know, recognize that there's a new season you're about to enter. Look at it as a new opportunity and plan for your opportunity, plan for your future. And last but not least, I want to tell you to please be grateful what doesn't kill you makes you stronger And so you need to thank people Who have brought adversity into your life As well as those who brought goodness Because adversity is what is, is what Teaches us patience and perseverance And builds character Those are the things that we learn the most from. So just bear in mind that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. God didn't allow you to go through a difficult time by accident, but because it was going to help shape you and mold you. And when you think about it, every experience that you've ever had has helped to make you the person that you are today. So I I know the temptation is there when we're hurt to um, be angry, but replace that anger with gratitude and be grateful for every opportunity that helps to make you better and bigger and stronger. So, Hank, my friend, it is time for us to to say goodnight. Um, I always love doing the show with you, and I look forward to the next one, which, of course, will be the first Wednesday of July, Um, unless that's the Fourth of July weekend. We might not be doing it then. If it comes up on a holiday, it it will
4: be the second Wednesday of July. It is, but it's it's not on Fourth of July. So we can still do it, because I want to say it's like the first or something like that, July the 1st.
3: Yeah, but just keep that in mind. Anytime if there's a holiday or something, that first Wednesday, um, then just look for us on the second Wednesday. So before Smoky takes us out with greater love, let me just say that it is my desire or our desire to strengthen families by prescribing remedies for your relationship challenges. That's why we do relationship remedies for us. So signing off for Hank Stewart and myself, Dr. Linda Wiley, thank you so much for letting us speak into your life. Good night.
1: Mm -hmm. Do you mind if I testify And tell you of the goodness of my Lord Share some of what he's done for me How he's opened up so many doors You may look at me from the outside And think I got here on my own But there's no way that you could ever know How much grace and mercy I've been shown Oh, if you look into my eyes you see Life is trying to get the best of me But I know the giver of life personally He's the reason that I sing his name is Jesus and he loves me and I know this cause he died for me and he rescued me. There's no greater love in the world. His name is Jesus. Yes, he loves me and I know this cause he said it to me. In the world oh, 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 There's so many things I want to tell you Of how we made a way for me If you hadn't loved me through the mistakes that I made I just don't know where I would be oh, He showed me so much favor Take your place Oh, if you look into my eyes You will see Life has truly trying to get the best of me But I know I know the giver of life Personally He's the reason He's the reason that I see Oh, Caesar He loves me, loves me I know this, But died
0: tuning in and come back for more relationship remedies with Dr. Linda and Hank. Because it's all about you, it's all about me, it's all about us.
4: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: Laundry?
3: Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
4: Ah,